We have with us uh, our kids, our lower and ele upper elementary kids are in the service today. Can you stand up if you're normally in an upper elementary or lower elementary class? Stand up. Nice. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. I'm going to not forget that you're in here, okay? So I'm going to mostly be talking to you this morning. Is that all right? Okay, you can be seated. I'm going to read three passages of Scripture. We're going to continue on in the lectionary this week. Uh, and we will hear what God is revealing in His Word in these three passages and spend the time together responding to that Word. So I'm going to begin uh, reading in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 18. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with a linen ephod. And his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year. And she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children by this woman for the petition she asked of the Lord. So then they would return to their home. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters, and the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. Now Eli was very old, and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all Israel, how they lay with women who were serving at the entrance to the tent of meeting. And he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. No, my sons, it is no good. It is a no, not a good report that I hear the people of the Lord spreading abroad. If someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. Our New Testament reading is from the book of Colossians chapter 3. Verse 12 and following. Put, in, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds to get everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then finally, our gospel reading is from Luke chapter 2, starting at the 41st verse. And his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12, Jesus, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. 
After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it speaks to us. We pray that you would help us to listen and obey. We need your Holy Spirit's help to do this, Lord Jesus. And we are glad that the Spirit is with us forever. Amen. This morning, like I said, I mostly would like to speak to your children. Uh, so if that bothers you, adults, you're adults. Uh, read your Bible. I don't know. Um, we want to be hospitable to our kids. So this morning, we're talking about growing up and what it means to grow up in Jesus. Are there any kids here who know what they want to be when they grow up? What do you want to be? Say it out loud. A doctor? Wow. Artist? What was that? Veterinarian. All right. What? A nurse? Nice? Anything else? What was that? Say it loud. Batman? You want to be Batman? Is that what you said? Oh, okay. You're already on his way. A truck driver. Nice. We need some of those, like now. That'd be great. Give him the wheel. Anything else? Okay. I can't tell you that the Bible is going to tell you exactly what you should be when you grow up. That's not what these verses show us. But they do give us a picture of what it means to grow up in Jesus. And everybody here in church wants you to grow up in Jesus. And we want you to be a part of our church grown up in Jesus. And I'll give you a little secret. Sometimes grown-ups are bad at growing up. And your parents could probably confirm that, maybe have even shown that to you, that it's not always easy to be a grown-up in Jesus. We have two stories here of two little boys. One's name is Samuel. The other's name is what? Did you hear? Just say it. Just, just Jesus. If you don't know the answer in church, just guess Jesus. That's always a good strategy. Samuel and Jesus. And we don't have a lot of stories of Jesus growing up. In fact, this is really the only one. We have from very early in his life when he's born, and we have when he's an adult. This is the only story of Jesus as a boy. And 
The Bible wants you to see this story of Jesus standing next to the story of Samuel. I don't know if you heard it, but there's some similar words in the story with Samuel that there was in Jesus. Samuel grows up and grows in favor of God and man, and so does Jesus. And Jesus and Samuel have similar stories. Samuel's mother had a hard time having children. In fact, she could not. It seemed impossible for her to have children. But God did a miracle, and she had Samuel. Mary, it should have been impossible for her to be pregnant. But God did a miracle, and she became pregnant. And where's the first time that we see Samuel and Jesus? Where are they? Do you remember? You can't guess Jesus this time. It doesn't make sense. Where is Jesus? The temple. Yes, somebody said it. He's in the temple. And where is Samuel? He's pretty much in the temple. The temple's not built yet, so they have a tent. It's called a tabernacle. He's in the temple. So you're supposed to hold Samuel's story in your mind next to the story of Jesus as you're hearing Jesus' story. Now, Samuel is in the temple, and he is there, and he's kind of becoming a new son for a priest named Eli. Because Eli's sons are terrible. They're terrible people. They are grown up, but they have not grown up. They are adults, but they have not grown up in Jesus as they should. They do everything the opposite of what God would want them to do. And Samuel is becoming like a new son to Eli. Jesus is in the temple, and he is a good son. Now, has anybody ever been left behind or forgotten or lost by their parents? Man, some of those hands went up real fast. Valerie, can you stand right here so people know who you are? This is my son. Haven't lost him. Can you wave? Okay, that's it. You can go sit back down. Valor is seven. When he was much younger, I don't know, probably six years ago now, I wasn't there for this. It's not on me. Uh, Valor disappeared from our house. We did not, my wife did not know where he was looking everywhere, uh, and it's a little more complicated. Aaron is deaf, so she can yell for him, but won't necessarily hear him saying, here I am. Could not find him. Had the kids, my other older children, look for him, couldn't find him anywhere. Got neighbors, couldn't find him anywhere, and my wife is freaking out. She's panicking. She sits down on the couch and just says, where, God, please help me find my son, and looks down, and there are his little feet sticking out from under the couch. <laughs> he had fallen asleep there and did not hear, legitimately did not hear, was not hiding, just could not hear my wife calling for him, and he was sleeping there. And, of course, she's relieved. Thank God he's alive, he's safe, but also how do you feel when you've lost your children and you finally find them? I'm going to kill you. Like, I thought you were dead, and now I'm going to make you dead. Because you scared me. That's how parents feel when we lose our kids. And you can hear Mary 
saying something similar to Jesus, except that Mary's lost Jesus for how long? Three days. Three days. Now, it's not like Mary's a bad mom. They're traveling in a big party that she thought he was hanging out with cousins or something like that. And she finally figures out that he's gone, has to go back to Jerusalem, search for him. And she says to Jesus, why would you do this to me? And what does Jesus say? He says, where else would I be? He understands that he's in his father's house, the temple. And he does exactly what his mom wants. He goes back with her. He lives with her. He's obedient to her. He's a good son. And Jesus grows up in favor with God and man, just like Samuel. So Samuel and Jesus are very similar in a lot of ways. But Samuel and Jesus are also different in very important ways. Have you heard Samuel's story before? Samuel has to live in the temple, in the tabernacle, and God starts calling his name, just like my wife was calling for valor. In the middle of the night, God starts calling Samuel. Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel doesn't know the voice of God. So he's confused, and he has to ask for help several times before he finally recognizes the voice of God. Jesus has no doubt what God's voice sounds like. And he's always known what the voice of his father sounds like. Samuel grows up to be a judge and a prophet in Israel. And Samuel, he's the one who anoints the first king of Israel. And the first king of Israel is Saul. It's a failure. It doesn't work out. So he anoints the second king of Israel. Do you know what his name is? David. Samuel anoints David, the greatest king. Jesus doesn't go around anointing new kings. Jesus is the new king. Samuel is in many ways a failure in his ministry. His family is not great either. Israel ultimately does not like him. And he has to do the whole anointing two kings thing. Jesus is successful in his ministry, even though it does not look like it. Because Israel seems to reject completely what God would do. And it seems like the plan is ruined except that their rejection cannot stop God. And Jesus goes to the cross. And he is the way that people do not have to fear being judged by God like Eli talked about. Because God himself will go between for his people. Now, what does it look like for you to grow up and be a grown-up in Jesus? Does it mean that you have to become a veterinarian or a nurse or a truck driver or a pastor? No, that's not what it means. People get confused 
and think that following and growing up in Jesus has to look like one thing. But the Bible helps us to see what it looks like to follow Jesus. And that's what we heard in the reading from Colossians. Did you, did you hear some of the words? Let me read it to you again. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has to complain against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Put on love, which binds together everything in perfect harmony. So what describes a grown-up in Jesus? What are some of the words that you heard? Kindness? Yes. Do you hear any other ones? Adults can answer too. Love? Yeah, that was a big one. Patience. What was that? Humility. Faithfulness. That's a good word. What was that one? What did you say after that? Okay. Forgiveness. Now, Paul, who wrote the book of Colossians, is giving these words and lots of other words. What does it sound like he's describing? Who does it sound like Paul is describing? Jesus. Yes. What it looks like to grow up in Jesus is to start looking more and more and more like Jesus. So adults, when they are not being really grown up in Jesus, can act like little children who are only thinking of themselves. And sometimes the most grown up people in the kingdom look a lot like children who are following Jesus. Does that make sense? What God wants for you is to grow up and to be like Jesus. And the good news is you don't have to do that on your own. That it may feel impossible to grow up and to grow up in God's favor and God's kindness. But Jesus is with you. And because of Jesus, you don't have to fear that God would be angry with you. And because of Jesus, God's own life can live inside of you. So that you too can grow up in favor with God. You are the next part of the story of the Bible. Samuel's story can also be like your story. Because Jesus' story becomes your story. So this morning, kids, I want you to hear me say, it's time to grow up, but in the best way possible. You still get to be kids and have fun, but you get to grow up in Jesus, who is our only hope. And when we say Merry Christmas these days, it is our celebration that God is with us 
and will surely make it happen that we would grow up to be like him. Does that make sense? All right. Let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll move on into responding to God's words. Father, we thank you. We thank you that the target for being a good grown-up is not to be the smartest or the strongest or the bravest. The target for growing up in Jesus is Jesus. And Samuel may have grown up in favor before you, but because of Jesus, we know that success is guaranteed. Not because of how successful we may be in life, but because Jesus accomplished what he intended to do. Father, I pray that you would help all of our kids and indeed all of us to have our hearts fixed on the gospel. I pray that you would help us to be people who are perpetually grateful, forgiving, loving, kind, that we can be forbearing with one another and generous with one another, and that we would have our, our minds fixed on Christ so that we also would not be deceived into pursuing other things in the name of purported maturity while wandering away from the heart of the good news himself. Father, we thank you that you speak to us, children and adults alike, and that you are our hope, children and adults alike. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you that you love us. Amen.